Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 152 of Geek Town Radio. This week I have with me... Gray! Hello! <laughs> I love that intro. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good, good. Well, have you been enjoying your Easter break scene as you're a teacher and you're, you're off? Yes, yes, finally having a little bit of a break. Well, it's not really. I've got a lot to do over Easter, that myth where teachers have all this holiday. I know that's uh, yeah. a lot of work to do. <laughs> yes, always the way with a teacher. Yes, yeah. very true. Um, but I have enjoyed four days of completely kicking back and resting and doing very little because I thought I gave myself these four days. Um, <laughs> sort of just chill a little bit so that's been nice so what have you been watching whilst you've been off then uh so i i have such a big bat lot of like uh programs to try and clear um but in the last few days in particular i've been sort of like dipping into new things trying to sort out what i'm going to watch for the summer and finishing a few old things um so um on netflix i've started watching the joe McHale show um, yes yeah, yeah doing this like one-off like satirical one uh, shows and the first one i didn't like but then and I started watching a couple more and I've got into it a little bit. I'm not all au fait with the American humour, but I'm learning quite quickly. But it is quite <laughs> dark as well. It's quite sort of black humour, which I like. And so I've been enjoying that. So that's a new episode each week. Yes. Um, yeah. I watched the first one of those. So I might, that's interesting. I might go and watch some more of them because I quite like Joe McHale. So it's, it's good to names. know it gets better. Yeah. yeah. It's got a lot of good names coming on and some of the humor I think gets better after episode one. That's, okay. that's sort of my, my opinion. So I've been downloading that. I finished everything sucks. I know I talked about that a month ago where I thought actually it's a, uh, a crossover between like the Goldbergs and 13 Reasons Why because it's a little bit more serious than the comedy and actually had a really nice ending. It was quite a, a satisfying and uh, sort of thought out narrative um, okay. that I enjoyed it. And I think it's going to get a second season and it's quite nice. It's quite to it. It wasn't meant to be a comedy. And I think the branding and what Netflix did made it like it was going to be this fantastic comedy. Yeah. It wasn't. It was like this song to people who grew up in the 90s were unsure of their identity and where they came from and were trying to find their place in the world and actually it might have been a bit cheesy but the ending was really nice so i enjoyed watching and finishing that okay cool um 
and I've, I'm, I'm very slow, late to the party, everybody. I've just watched the first episode of Dear White People. Yes. Um, and I really like that. So I've downloaded the next couple and that's going to definitely be something for my train ride back to London. I'm going to be uh, watching that on the way back. Yeah. Over on iPlayer, I watched uh, Collateral with Kerry Mulligan. Yes, yeah. Quite a good cast, that. It's uh, Johnson. John Singh, Billy Piper, Gary uh, Mulligan. Yeah, good cast. I'm so disappointed. Really? I, yeah, yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I, I felt that it, it should be it should have been better than it was I wasn't I enjoyed it but it didn't really go anywhere that much went nowhere and it had an amazing cast and I feel they're all criminally underused I don't know why half of them are in it I couldn't even now after watching the whole series I sat there thinking why 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 did you have fantastic people like Nicola Walker and um, John Sim and they just played really dead roles and uh, so I was disappointed, yeah. but I, I read some of the reviews and I don't think I was the only one disappointed in that. Yeah, the reviews yeah. have been a bit very, very kind of mixed on that. And there's you know, certainly been a lot of negativity about it. So, yeah, but it was, a, a, I think it was a one-off drama. It was only ever planned as a one-off drama as yeah. far as I'm aware. So a lot of money thrown at it for that, I tell you as well. I tell yeah. all those on it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I finished Mum. That was a really, really sort of sad ending to a sitcom. Okay. I love Leslie Manville. Um, it's just such a, again, and it sort of touched the heartstrings at the ending and I, you couldn't tell if it was a happy or a sad ending and I think that's what uh, the creator of the sitcom sort of wanted to leave it as I don't think there's going to be a season three I think that was it right uh, okay but that was brilliant and if that doesn't get nominated for BAFTAs you know I would just be so surprised yeah interesting uh, okay um, and I watched the John Cleese one, Hold the Sunset, which had um, taken the place of Still Open All Hours. Yes. Uh, they had Jason Watkins in. Um, and, you know, that was quite good. It didn't make me laugh out loud, but it was just a nice watch along sitcom yeah. I could put on for 30 minutes in the background and not it, have any problems. It's very much in the level of, of Open All Hours and Last of the Summer Wine and, you know, that sort of. Uh, yeah. It's that style of sitcom. Uh, exactly. I, I watched the first episode of it. It seemed perfectly fine for the type of sitcom it is it's not really my sort of thing but it seemed very good at the style of sitcom it was it's the type mm. of thing i'd quite happily tell my parents to go and watch because i think yeah. they quite enjoy it you know definitely definitely over on sky i this is how slow i am i'm a bit behind everybody i finally finished watching the orville yes um so i there dave i watched something sci-fi <laughs> <laughs> i know well done <laughs> and i got through to the end of the series and i actually enjoyed it i liked how each uh, episode was around a particular character and they was quite self-contained with tiny narratives sort of overlapping so mm. i really liked that um and it was different and funny but also quite serious as well so i watched that yeah i watched the very last episode of major crimes right i was a fan of the closer which was kyra sedgwick and then it turned into major crimes and yeah. major crimes had six seasons and it's so i just think it's really good old-fashioned crime procedural drama gutted it's finished but i really liked it quite a good ending yeah um the the lead lead actress mary mcdonald uh, wasn't in the last few episodes i won't give too much away in case people haven't watched it but and it was just sort of quite a good uh, resolution something quite different for the end of a program where the network had agreed and had written a decent ending rather than just good. not viewing it they'd sort yeah. of properly finished it so good good and just because i I'm into my sort of poignancy and uh, sitcom. I finished watching a documentary that Gold were putting out called The Dinner Lady's Diaries. Right. So I'm a fan of Victoria Wood. Yeah. Uh, and it was just really nice, actually, to, watching some of the clips, working out how Victoria 
Rockwood did it, and it, it was it was quite nice to watch and to see some of the actors on together on screen and reminiscing on their times together on the show. Uh, that was good. That was sitcoms were done well when I was a child, and that was one <laughs> that was there when I was a teenager, and I really enjoyed that. So yeah, yeah. On average, I'm about three weeks behind on everything I've worked out. I've sat <laughs> right. So I'm behind on all my Shondaland stuff. And so I've got Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder and Grey's Anatomy. Also my Chicago Fire and Chicago Med. I'm a bit behind on. Yeah. Um, but I've sort of packaged it all ready to go back with my iPad. Um, yesterday, I finally finished This Is Us. So last night, I finished <laughs> the last episode of This Is Us. Five episodes into the Save Me. I know we've talked about that in the yes. last podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm about to get to the final episode and I'm a bit gripped. And I have just started watching season two of Unreal. And I know I'm <laughs> going to be talking to someone today on the podcast. And I'm, I was a huge fan of season one, but I just got so delayed in everything that I've got the whole of season two ready to watch now. So I'm just starting to watch that today. Yeah. Un- Unreal is an amazing show. If anybody hasn't caught it, it's on Amazon Prime. It, it is just brilliant. I, it's so good. So I, good. I really, really enjoy that series. When we are talking to somebody who who had something to do with that show later on. So uh. excellent stuff. Uh, and then I suppose it's on to my film stuff as the uh, resident film reviewer. Yes. Um, who, over the last month, um, you uh, asked me to go to the Ready Player One screening. Yes. Um, I thought, yeah, not a problem. That's okay. And uh, I didn't think much of it. I've been to a few of your screenings now, and you know, and then we're sitting there, we've all ready for the film to start, and someone pops up with a microphone and says, "Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to introduce you to a few people." And I genuinely, at that point, Dave, was thinking, oh, they've brought like a screenwriter or something, or they've brought one of the production <laughs> team, or, you know, there might be one of the actors have turned up. And it was like Ben Mendelsohn. I was like, oh, oh my word, I love Ben Mendelsohn. <laughs> a round of applause. Uh, Ty Sheridan, his face is on the screen behind him. Like, oh my God, they've got the lead actor over at the moment. This is brilliant. And then the moment. And the man who brought us to us, and I was just like, no, Steven Spielberg. And I think there was this, this weird applause but gasp in the audience that Steven Spielberg appeared in front uh, and gave a really sort of lovely speech. And they had yeah. answered a few questions from the host about sort of like looking back to the 80s nostalgia and what they included. And yeah, it was it was such a good sort of setup. And as you can obviously see by my review, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And um, I'm not someone who is into the video game culture but what i am into is like the iconic sort of intertextual references that spielberg sort of envelops into his his story and there are some absolutely brilliant bits especially for people who still haven't gone to see it yet look out for chucky chucky (laughs) is my favorite bit definitely um i was just find that so funny i got onto a serious chat with a friend of mine who is into her sci-fi sort of um movies and books and she read the original book by Yes. Yes, I've um, read that. Uh, and after I'd done my review, and what she found interesting was that Ernest Klein also did the screenplay, and she was saying to me, "I'm unsure why Ernest Klein changed so much of his book right. for the screenplay." She said because the book's amazing. She said, "I love the film. Don't be wrong, but it wasn't exactly to what I wanted the book to be." Um, she yeah. said so. She says she would love to sit in a room with Ernest Klein and talk to him more. Yeah. Uh, and, and if he's going to make a Ready Player Two, is he going to make a Ready Player Two based on the film or on his original book? So she had questions like that. And I'm sitting there going, 
okay, I, I didn't realise that. So. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's quite interesting. I mean, I, I adored the book. I think the book's absolutely brilliant. I haven't seen the film yet. I was going to try and get it this weekend and didn't manage to get around to it. But uh, I, I hopefully we'll be going in the next couple of weeks to see the movie. And I am very interested to see what the difference is. And I mean... I, I, I get why they change quite a lot because, you know, the, the book's the book and the film's the film and it was quite cinematic in the way it was written anyway. I My guess is that there were just certain things, either A, they couldn't get licenses to and B, uh, you need to chop stuff out because of running time. Yeah. Know? So I would say that's probably why. But uh, the, the reviews for the film across the board have been really strong. So yeah. uh, I am looking forward I've, to seeing it. I've been really impressed with it. Um, uh, another, I've seen, I was on a bit of a roll another film that I also uh, gave five stars to because it's sort of so I can't be any further different from Ready Player One but a, a, a film that really sort of hit me quite hard was Journeyman by yeah. Constantine and I, when I was in the screening room it, it was quite obvious I think there were two members of audience who were female and the rest of us were men and the tears and the sobbing and the emotion in that room uh, it was such uh, an emotionally impactful film told from a very male viewpoint as well right uh, and wow, it, I mean, I know it's journeyman. It sounds like I'm trying to pun here, but it, it takes you all on a journey to sort of understand how you would react to something so traumatic um, and how you deal with that. And his performance is just amazing. It was just so good. I can't speak highly enough of it. So if you want to do polar opposites this weekend, <laughs> go and see uh, Ready Player One and then pair it with Journeyman. You're just going to see two amazing films in a completely different sort of context and journeys. And yeah definitely one yeah. i would recommend yeah awesome i also went and saw and please i wouldn't hurry to go and see this a wrinkle in time um, <laughs> and i was so uh, fun, oh so disappointed um uh, i i'd wanted to see it. it was sort of something that was niggling at the back of my head that oh i must go and see this film a lot of people have talked about it uh duvernay's work you know should be fantastic with oprah winfrey Ah, oh, it just yeah. fell completely flat the storytelling was too complicated it was a little bit too contrived there were some things that didn't make sense it, i even went afterwards to try and read up on the book and what the book meant and i still didn't see and essence says <laughs> it i just don't think it's been done very well and there's been a lot of hype around it um, and if you're yeah. taking if you're taking children to see it, fundamentally it's a children's movie. I didn't get it. It was too complex for me. Right. I don't know how the children would understand some of the ideas behind what's happened to the character's father and where they are. And mm, Interesting. You know, so yeah. I would avoid that one. And the last one I do is a, a streamed uh, only video uh, film called Killing Gunther with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Kobe Smulders. Yes. Um, I watched it and reviewed it. And as much as I have not been uh, hugely thrilled praise at this film i still feel people should watch it because it's sort of it's an interesting take on this whole hitman genre with a style okay. of modern family so there it's like the documentaries being filmed and they talk to the camera and there's quite a bit of sort of like slapstick sort of humor and but interesting they've sold it with schwarzenegger and kobe smulders yeah. from how i met your mother but they are 
probably in it the least. <laughs> that's obviously with a, a film that hasn't got huge distribution. I can understand when they've done that. Yeah. But, you know, I think there are a lot other ways you could sell this film. So if you go onto the website and read my review, it's also linked to how you can get hold of that film. And I, I think some people, it's going to have a small cult following. And obviously we're all thinking of Arnold Schwarzenegger at the moment. I was just gone through some surgery and is a bit unwell. But, and you know, this is... Yeah shows him in a really good comedic light and sort of tongue-in-cheek, taking good. the mickey out of himself, a softer side. But um, I didn't give it a favourable review, but it's still in the back of my mind as something I keep thinking about. It's like, I want to go back and watch it again. So that's I, good. I recommend that. Good, good. And that's it. I've just been looking at lots of sort of trailers and uh, things that are coming up. And even though I'm three <laughs> weeks behind on most things, I'm looking forward to yeah. humans, timeless, deep state, Silicon Valley. They're all coming within the next few weeks and months. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to them but sometimes I think I just put too much on my to watch list. So yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, the the next the next month in particular, I mean, Humans is May, I think, but the next month there is about six TV shows coming back for new seasons and you've got seven or eight brand new shows starting on UK TV. I mean, it, April is is completely insane for new and returning shows. I've, I've never seen anything quite like it. There are a ridiculous, amount of things starting so yeah. um i mean we've we've already started getting some new things coming like uh, i mean this week i've been watching episodes because that started again so i started watching that and i adore that show i'm going to be very sad when it's finished because it's mm. just one of the funniest comedies i've seen in a very long time and uh, picks up sort of with matt leblanc having you know no longer being a sort of actor and turned into a tv presenter which is ironic considering he now presents top gear although top he has gear, yeah. he has got a he has got a sitcom and the type of show that he's presenting on episodes is a awful awful game show uh, so it's but it's just brilliant it's played so well it's such fun and i i can't recommend that series highly enough lemony snicket's a series of unfortunate events we are talking to somebody related to that later as well uh that's just come back for its second season i've watched the first episode now uh, it's as brilliant as ever it's it's interesting because they've kept all the kids the same even though it's sort of a year later and it picks up exactly where the other one left off and one of the kids was a baby in the first season they make reference to that quite early on i won't tell you the gag but it is i made me laugh out loud when they said that because <laughs> you know the baby's gone to a two-year-old toddler basically yeah so that's back and it's just glorious again it's it's weird wonderful strange funny and it, it's unlike anything else that's on tv right now so i i really really love that show it's it's well worth going to watch if you haven't seen it billions also started again this week which is ramping things up even more than between the various different parties. Uh, Damien Lewis is amazing in that show, as is Paul Giamatti. It's one of the strongest performances you'll see from Damien Lewis since Homeland. Just absolutely superb. You've got this slight shift in the way the powers of, of you know, because the whole thing's sort of always been about this battle between these two guys, one being a head from manager and one being the kind of lawyer that's chasing after him. And both of them have been slightly neutered in this series when we start. So, you know, one's been shifted kind of off the, off the case and the other one has had all his money frozen so he can't really do anything. So it's an interesting sort of play on on how they're now going to be circling each other and you know, what's going to happen next so i i'm thoroughly enjoying that suits came back and uh, you know you can see it starting 
to position itself into losing those uh, those two key cast members that are going to be uh, losing towards the end of this season at some point because obviously Meghan Markle's going off mm. to marry Prince Harry and uh, Patrick's leaving as well. So you've, you're going to have a very different show when it comes back for season eight. And you can see some of the characters starting to sort of bubble up and see them position, you know, how they're going to manage it moving forward. I think, you know, you're starting to see signs of, of where things are going to go. Uh, but that's brilliant. It's brilliantly written. I mean, it's the core concept of, of it being based around Mike's character. It sort of fell away even, you know, a couple of seasons ago or even sort of the start of this season. So you, you can see that they were sort of moving away from that. And it's, but mm. it's still one of the best written legal dramas out there. So uh, thoroughly worth watching if you've uh, not caught episodes of Suits. Mm. Supergirl is now back again, finally. As I've said before, we're actually not that far behind the US you know, because of the strange way that they scheduled it over there. So we've got four episodes and then we're based caught up to the US but it's nice to have that back along with all the other DC shows and SEAL Team was the other new thing which I think started last week week before I think it's two weeks I've got two downloaded ready to watch I know that yeah yeah so yeah. Uh, so I've, I've been watching that which I mean those sort of army dramas aren't the type of thing that I, I usually watch because it tends to be a lot of them out on the mission and very you know gung-ho sort of stuff and the nice thing about SEAL Team is it is stuff about the missions and you do see that but there is quite a lot of stuff about their lives and you know how things are affecting them and mm. uh, you know there is a, a lot more of the kind of meat to the drama underneath it which you don't always get in those sort of shows a lot of it tends to be about the tactical things of going in and kicking down doors and that sort of stuff so it's a very well thought out show it's just been renewed for another season as well so uh, I'm I'm very much looking forward to watching some more of that and David Baranis is great and it's got a really solid cast so that's been really good I think that's about it for the stuff I've been doing and uh, you've been doing unless you've got anything else you want to put in uh, no I think I've covered that I've covered the most of that yeah alright so let's move on to some TV and film news TV and film news this week. We start off with a couple of renewals, a few different renewals, actually. As I mentioned just before, uh, SEAL Team's been renewed and SWAT, which also is the another CBS show, which hasn't actually aired over here yet, but it is coming to Sky One later on in the year. Those two shows have both been renewed by CBS, the US network, so you're getting new seasons of those. Strike Back has been renewed for a seventh season, which is quite interesting because I wasn't sure whether that was going to make it or not, but uh, it apparently is going down for fairly well both sides of the Atlantic and uh, they're, they're going to be bringing that back again so I uh, mm-hmm. don't know what cast they're going to be using how that's going to run I don't know whether they'll make any tweaks but uh, that is going to be back for a seventh season Channel 4 announced that uh, Humans will be returning in May we don't know an exact date for that yet, but we have a lot more stuff coming up on humans when it does get released because I went to visit the set um, oh. towards the end of... To, jealous. <laughs> towards the end of last year, I went to visit the set. So um, there is more stuff coming up on humans as we get closer to the actual air date and I can actually release the relevant bits that uh, were recorded back then. So there will be some interviews and stuff coming up soon. 
They also released a couple of photos from the set as well, cast photos and stuff. So they're up on the website if you want to go and see those. And uh, there was a pickup announcement. Amazon have picked up Marvel's Cloak and Dagger and The Crossing, which are two interesting looking shows. Cloak and Dagger is another one of the Marvel adaptations. There was one picked up last week by Sci-Fi UK. Runaways was picked up by Sci-Fi UK. Cloak and Dagger Mm. is another one with teen leads. It's kind of the Romeo and Juliet situation of two people that are sort of star-crossed lovers that end up kind of getting together and they become they they discover superpowers when they're together so um that looks quite like it could be quite interesting it's interesting place for amazon to pick that up as well i've noticed a lot i I suppose this is going to really start happening now the uh air date um drops and cancellations a lot of the websites have started getting those pages ready and i know that obviously you've got our page on geek town get it ready i'm just this is going to be the month isn't it we're going to have all the news sort of coming through in april so yeah it could towards the end of april start of may there'll be stuff trickling in throughout april and may is end of may i think is the actual deadline or middle of may Mm. is the sort of deadline because they have to give a sort of cutoff point of of when they announce what shows are coming back and stuff so um it's it's usually around the middle of may we kind of know every show that's either pilots that have got picked up or shows that have been renewed so we should hear on pretty much most things there's usually one or two stragglers but we should hear most things over the next sort of 30 to 60 days we'll we'll know the crossing which is the other show which sounded quite interesting but that's the other thing that they've picked up and that's airing this week so we'll come to that a bit later on as well mm-hmm. in terms of bigger news there's uh, a few news stories this week uh, one of them was another amazon story it was uh, they've greenlit a series from spielberg starring javier bardem and it's called cortez which is a four-hour miniseries based on the epic saga of the uh, spanish conquistador hernan cortez he's basically he's the guy that went and conquered the aztecs basically and uh, sort of stole their gold and <laughs> various other things so so uh, yeah, it's it's a story about that. I mean, it's it's not an area that I don't think has been covered that much. No, I can't think of anything along those lines. Yeah. But, uh. So it, it's kind of interesting. I thought it's written by the Academy Award winner Steve Zalian, who is the guy that wrote Schindler's List. It's based on a screenplay by Dalton Trumbo, who wrote Roman Holiday. They've got Javier Bardem is set to star in the lead role. He's also an exec producer on the project, as is Spielberg. So, yeah, I mean, I, it sounds kind of interesting. I mean, yeah, there, there's quotes sort of talking about you know, how Cortez discovered and shaped quite a lot of the world that we know today in terms of sort of connecting us with South America and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Is this just, I mean, it's a Spielberg series, so I imagine this is something that will be of interest to you. Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely want to watch it. I mean, I really don't like Javier Bardem as well. Um, so potentially... I don't know. Sometimes I get, I didn't like Britannia and I'm I'm hoping it's not going to be too sort of like historic. And I, I, when I I remember really having a problem with period dramas when I was younger, I wasn't always into them and just struggled with them because there were sometimes you had to know a lot about it or I wasn't willing to learn. I get quite frustrated quite quickly unless I'm reading the encyclopedia or Wikipedia next to it while I'm like, oh, right, that's <laughs> happening because that's happening because. Um, but I think with when it's got something like, you know, um, Spielberg behind it, I think I definitely would tune into the first episode and really want to see if I would follow it through. Um, and yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of Bardem as well. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's an interesting one. It fits this hole that Amazon are trying to fill with 
going away from uh, you know having these these small little dramas into these sort of big epic things that they're mm. trying to go which is why they picked up um the lord of the rings series and they're looking at quite big sci-fi series as well this sort of fits into that box that they're they're trying to build of creating these sort of big you know either one-off hbo style dramas or even you know the next game of thrones i mean yeah. he basically i mean he was sort of bring me the next game of thrones was what he was that's wanting. what it feels like isn't it yeah so uh, and i mean this in itself is, is only going to be a mini series but they are obviously heading down that route of of trying to emulate the kind of hbo sort of stuff of you know big epic series and mini series as well so mm-hmm. but definitely good people to have involved netflix over on the other hand have uh, picked up a king arthur series called cursed uh interesting people involved because it's from frank miller and tom wheeler frank miller I think you know a lot of you comic book readers out there will know who Frank Miller is because he's the man that wrote Dark Knight Returns he wrote Sin City he wrote 300 uh, he's one of the most influential comic book artists and writers that we've got basically I mean you know uh, so he's it's interesting for him to get involved in this sort of thing he has been quoted in saying he's been very interested in the mythological Arthur story this is apparently going to be based around Nimu, who is the teenage heroine with a mysterious gift who is destined to become the powerful and tragic lady of the lake. So it's sort of it's around the King Arthur legend but taking a slightly different look at it and it's almost a precursor to the Arthurian legend because she is going to be the lady of the lake and this is sort of prior to that. So yeah, uh, yeah. interesting. Any any interest in this? Yeah, I'm hoping it does... um it's more like Merlin that BBC had and less like uh, Guy Ritchie's Arthur, the film. When you look at someone adapting the Arthurian legend, you know, I go back to thinking about how good Merlin was when it was on BBC and it had a real cult following. And it's a story that, I enjoy reading about and know and laugh about to think actually this would be good. And Tom Wheeler, he's sort of like is a com- the complete opposite to Frank yeah. Miller, isn't he? When I mean, you look at Tom Wheeler's in films and his involvement, and then you compare it to Frank Miller, you're like these two together are going to make a really interesting sort of uh, collaboration. I think so. That enthuses me a little bit. Yeah, I mean Tom Wheeler is is an interesting collaborator for this because his films that he has writer producer credits on are. Puss in Boots, the Lego Ninjago movie, and The Cape, which was a a sort of short-lived superhero series, which mm. didn't do particularly well. I mean, I don't know. It's an odd. It's an odd pairing to me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, how these two got together, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, but yeah, it's it's an interesting interesting mix of people that they've got there. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But uh, they're also writing a book along with it. I, I think it might be a graphic novel that they're writing with it and, and they're going to be doing the TV series at the same time. So, mm. which is, is kind of quite intriguing because they're going to be writing both. That's kind of interesting because that's happened very occasionally, but it's not very often that you get them writing the book and the TV series and you get the same two people doing both. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see see where it goes it, it looks like the book has been published in uh, autumn 2019 so don't know when the tv show will drop but imagine that if they're announcing now they're possibly aiming for around about the same time for the tv show and the book to, to land i would think uh, so that'll be the autumn next year and then lastly 
We've got the news that uh, the Crown has finally found their Prince Philip, having had a couple of false starts with various di- different people, because the people that were in the frame originally were Paul Bettany, uh, who apparently had scheduling conflicts with his stuff for Marvel, so he couldn't do it. There were talk of using Hugh Grant at one point, apparently, which I could sort of see, but uh, I think they found a really good guy for it. It's uh, Tobias Mendes, who is the star of Outland, or one of the stars of Outland. He will be taking over the role of Prince Philip alongside uh, Livia Coleman, who's taking over from Claire Foy, because they have this thing that they will be replacing the cast every two years. Mm. So they, rather than sticking them in aging makeup, they're going to replace the entire cast every two years. Because obviously the, the idea is that each season takes about 10 years of the Queen's life. So this is their sort of middle-aged bit. Uh, so Tobias Mendes, people will know from Outlander because he played Jonathan Blackjack Randall in uh, that. I'm Frank Randall, uh, husband of the the lead. Uh, he was also Edmure Tully in um, Game of Thrones. He's been in The Terror. He was in The Night Manager. He was in Rome as well. He played Brutus in Rome. So he's been around quite a lot of very high-end dramas. I think he's a really good pick for this role. I, I, mm. I just saw that, I mean, when I read the article, I went and looked at a picture of him because, again, you know the name. You're just trying to work out what programmes he has been on um, that I've watched. And so The Night Manager was one that I thought, oh, okay, that's him. And he does really look right. And I think yeah. taking over from Matt Smith, as well it's a really good casting um yeah. so much uh, applause to the car the uh, people casting for that they've, they've done a good job yeah and like i say olivia coleman taking over from claire foy which i think is a is a smart move i mean you can't really go wrong with olivia coleman I no think. god no no so, so and uh, the the other interesting bit of casting was they they uh cast Helena Bonham Carter as the older, slightly madder Prince Margaret. Which, you can see it, can't yeah, you? Yeah, and you kind of like, yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's a solid bit of casting all round so far for the principals. This new series is basically, will span the 70s this season. So it's Harold Wilson, Edward Heath in as the Prime Ministers, Princess Margaret getting a divorce, uh, you've got the assassination of Lord Mountbatten. They're also saying that this series will feel, feature a young Camilla Parker Bowles because it's Charles first meets her actually in the early 70s. Okay. Because she's actually been around his life from that early on. So they are going to feature a young Camilla Parker Bowles. You may see a young Diana Spencer, aka Princess Diana, towards the end of the series because they first meet in 1977. So oh. my guess is that one of the threads through this will be them trying to marry Charles off. And that process, I suspect that will come up this season. Um, yeah. And that may be why we meet Princess Diana. I, I I don't know. I could be wrong about that. I mean, you know, but uh, they haven't announced any official details. We only kind of know that because we know the history of what happened in the 70s, obviously. So... <laughs> so um, but yeah, first two seasons of The Crown are up on Netflix if you want to go and watch that third season. We don't have a date for yet, but it's likely to either be late this year or early next year. That's all the news for this week. Next, we'll move on to the interview. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The interview this week is with Cynthia Summers, who's worked across a huge range of shows. We've actually spoken to Cynthia before. We, When we last spoke to her, it was mainly about Unreal, which was what Gray was referencing earlier. We first interviewed her back in October 2016. She's worked on Unreal, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, Smallville, Bones. The show that she's actually working on now, though, and the one that we really wanted to talk to her about is Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events, which is obviously just coming to the second season she actually was the costume designer right from the very beginning for this they're currently shooting season three because they don't want the kids to get any older than they currently are so uh, they're trying to shoot them like two and three as close together as possible the third season will be the last season because they've run out of books and they don't want to carry on past the books (laughs) they've already said that they're only going to three three seasons of it she's a lovely lovely person to talk to we spoke about you know working on a such a bizarre and crazy tv show working with neil patrick harris who is amazing she does talk a little bit about count olaf's disguises in season two but i don't think it's anything that hasn't already been in a trailer but just in case you've avoided any spoilers for it then you know you might want to not listen to this but she doesn't really give any plot or anything away that hasn't already been in trailers and stuff so uh, so i think it should be okay but this is cynthia uh, she's as i say she's a costume designer on a series of unfortunate events we'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on tv hello hello how are you i'm well how are you i'm good i was looking at the date of our last email and it was 2016 oh my goodness i can't believe it's been so long. Yeah, it's been, what, 18 months or so? It was like October 2016, something like that? Yeah, yeah. It's lovely to have you back on to, to chat through some stuff, because we, we spoke mainly about Unreal last time. Oh, right, right. Didn't we? Are, are you still yeah. working on Unreal, or are you... I'm- yeah, no, I'm not. And uh, it's too bad. It's I, I feel lucky that I got a season in with them. They just um, they have a sh- very short season yeah. um, and, and they just are they're so successful. They're just picking up a next season before they even air the most current one. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going gangbusters over there. It's great. And I miss it. I miss the cast a lot. Constance and Shiri. But, um, you know, I've been on this since Girlfriends. I, I had a big overlap wow. with Girlfriends in the beginning of Lemony Snicket. And uh, this show's really all in. Like, I'm sort of playing hooky <laughs> this morning. But but with all these <laughs> devices I have now, it's like, <laughs> okay, I have a video of FaceTime fitting at eight and blah, blah, blah. So it's, I'm kind of uh, taking, I'm still at home, which is great. But, but yeah, this, this show is so busy. It's very heavy. Uh, it's great. It's so um, like not, not in my wheelhouse that it's been amazing to work on. And I, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, for, for a costume designer, a show like this series of unfortunate events must be just glorious. I mean, terrifying, but glorious yeah. to do. Yes. That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's like, and I have to say, someone else asked me that and pretty much every project I take on, even if it's a 
you know, the next season of the same thing, I'm good until I kind of get there. And then I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know if I can do this for a moment. (laughs) Well, probably more than just a moment, but for a moment that it's like, okay, all in and you just have to jump in and do it, which is great. But yes, it's, I'm never not learning on this show, which is really great. Um, I just wish there was more time for it to soak in and also for us to, you know, sort of all of the photos that have been coming up from Netflix for all the press and, and, um, I I'm like, Oh my God, I, I totally forgot. We had the fainting man at the Vile <laughs> village. I totally forgot. And he was so great. And I loved working with him. His character was so great, but I, there's so many characters and there's yeah. so many, we're going so many places and each place has got its different vibe and its different look. And the kids kind of assimilate into the towns this season, whereas season one, they kind of, they remained the kids, you know, yeah. they didn't, they weren't in disguise. And, uh, so it's been, um, just a big, we, we shoot, uh, we shoot for 24 days. And at the beginning of this, <laughs> at the beginning of this, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Because, you know, in television, it's seven to 10 days if you're lucky. Yeah. And, um, shooting and 24 days. Oh, this is great. We're making a little movie of the week every 24 days. This is amazing. But the volume and just the artistic input from every department that has to blend within every department and the character development, like on the fly, or just as it happens in the, in the fittings, um, is just mind boggling to keep up with, but it, and it keeps you on your artistic edge on such a high level that it's hard to do it on the budgets that we have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, you've got the principal cast, which, uh, you know, uh, obviously the kids and Patrick. Wilburton, I guess, as well as Lemony Stickett himself. But I mean, the standout character has got to be Neil Patrick Harris as Count Olaf. Absolutely. Just, I mean, I adore Neil Patrick Harris in pretty much everything. He's, he's just a wonderful, wonderful actor, but the, the costumes that you must have to get through with him, he must be having a whale of a time and it must be wonderful just finding costumes for that guy. It is. And, and Neil is all in, he's just all (laughs) in, you know, he's like, he's a theater actor at heart. He does do theater as well as film and TV. And he's such a creative genius. He really is. And I, I wish he was bigger than he even is right now because I think he deserves it. Yeah. Um, but do you know what I mean? He can sing and he dances and he has so much thought behind every thing that his character does. And even if he's, even if he's, not a hundred percent there for in the moment at that moment, if something else is right or triggers him, he like picks it up so fast. You would never know that he was making it up as he's going along kind of thing, which rarely <laughs> happens because he's a little bit method. I want to say, and I don't think he'd hate it that I said that, but, um, we do the process on this show is a lot like any other movie or theater or sorry, movie or TV, but it's, um, we start with, you know, everything we do, we start with our script and we start with our meetings. Uh, but what's different here is we, illustrate just about every major piece that comes before you on the screen and every major piece is everybody from Neil on down to the last background performer that you see. Um, and we create everything. We've sort of done a graph. We've done a, we've done a pie graph of how much we buy and how much we make and everything gets broken down. Every piece of wardrobe gets broken down. And for Neil, it's so amazing because he's one of the only actors that actually gets to see the concept art. Right. Um, so I send him the art. Generally I get back 
very few notes. And if they do, they're always so in sync, which is such a blessing with what myself and Barry Sonnenfeld, who yeah. has his hand on everything. He touches everything on this show, everything, for, uh, which is great. So we're all kind of in sync, which is wonderful. And then Neil, when he comes to his fittings, uh, of course, I never hear them beforehand, but he has a different voice for every disguise. And he'll <laughs> come in and he'll be Neil for a moment. And he usually comes in with all his prosthetic on because he likes to be all in. Yeah. He's creating somebody new. And um, he'll say, so Cynthia, and he'll start speaking in the voice that he's <laughs> going to be putting onto this character. And he'll be he'll be directing it directly at me. And I'll be, I'm in so, so in awe. And I just, it's like, it's a little scary. It's almost <laughs> like a dealing with a schizophrenic person in a way because he comes in and you just don't know what personality is going to be standing in front of you. <laughs> but it's such a blessing because I have this, you know, concept for the character. We have the fabrics, we put it together. Then the body, Neil comes in with the body and the, the face of Olaf. And then he brings in the voice of Olaf, the new disguise of Olaf. And it just blends everything together. It just like it cements the whole character, the whole disguise together. And it's, it's it's like, it's so invigorating, yeah. you know, it's, we've had one character at the very beginning, January, 2017. Yeah. Um, we had, <laughs> we had a, my, the first time I met Neil, which was amazing. We went to LA and we did a fitting with him for his first three disguises. And that was trippy for me because I was, I was just coming off over of girlfriend's guy, which is completely different. <laughs> and, yeah. um, like I like, couldn't be more different. Um, and meeting Neil for the first time, shipping everything because we're shooting it again in L in Vancouver, sending everything to LA um, and having this, this, you know, trying to establish his first three evil disguises. You know, when you get into one of those situations where I guess it's like going to a new job where the first day on the job is like you, you go home at the end of the day and you're, it's been such a whirlwind. You're just, you're not sure of everything that happened. <laughs> 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 but you've got a good feeling it was okay. Um, and then you sort of regroup and try to connect all the dots from what happened there. That happened early on. And that within that, that fitting, we had Detective Dupin, who is the character, the disguise, his disguise in Vile Village. And um, that's the only one out of all the characters that we've done, all of the disguises we've done for season two, that was the only one that didn't gel immediately for us, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, we, we kept, everybody had a lot of requirements for that character, yeah. um, including Neil. And it's, it's such a, you know, he's like a scat singing jazz artist, <laughs> detective in Vile Village, which is Western slash got this slightly maybe religious bent to the community. And where are the, like a crazy, like, where are the children? There's no children in this village. And, <laughs> and he's there with Esme and her crazy disguise. So it was, it was a little difficult to sort of get that one. And I have to say, we got it four days before we went to camera on it. Which is like, <laughs> That's cutting it close. <laughs> it was the most stressful period of my life, I must say. But um, I love that character and I love the way he turned out. And it may, may be one of the simplest characters, which sort of let Neil be Dupont more than the costume was. Because yeah. we rely on the costume a lot for his for his disguises, of course. Um, and I think that maybe that was one of our most successful disguises at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> the, the sewing room is still getting over that. And that's, you know, I don't even know when we shot that. That was sometime last year. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, 
But it turned out to be, I think, one of our happiest sort of outcomes, one of our most gratifying outcomes. I love that character. I love how he plays that character. And yeah. the way he looked. I think it allowed us to right down to I mean, you've probably seen the trailers, so it's not a it's not a giveaway, but right down to the toothpick that's in his mouth, which was in our concept art. Right. Um, yeah. And so and the glasses and the hat and the way he the tilt of the hat and the um and everything else he's wearing, the two tight pants and the sort of nineteen seventies high rise two tight pants and <laughs> all that craziness. It was um really last minute, but I think it was hugely successful. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing with this show is there's, there's so many different costumes, not just because of the detail in the whole world, but because of the disguises for the principals as well. And as you say, the kids are going through disguises this season as well. Whereas okay. sort of last season, they were kind of variations on a theme, I guess, for the right. most part last season. Where, oh yeah, whereas, you know, if they're going into disguises as well, I mean, that adds even more to your work later. So. Oh, absolutely. And the thing with the kids, the idea with the kids in this world is it's their experience, but also their vision and their their memory of things. And so we wanted to keep in season one and somewhat in season two to keep the kids brighter in tone than the evil world that they're traveling right. through. And, you know, most of the adults are dark in tone visually as well as emotionally. And we wanted to keep the kids brighter. And I think that theme carries through all three seasons. Uh, but but as, as, as you say, in season two, now they're in disguise and we see that their disguises become darker as well by the end of season three right Um, yeah yeah i mean at the academy the first the first episode of this season they look like everybody else and that's the first time we see them out of their sort of 1950s inspired pastel look of season one and that's a tipping point for season two it's sort of their plateau before they start to um, assimilate to the towns they go to in their disguises <laughs> or even just their sort of subtle hints to where they're going to as opposed to a full-on disguise which is what happened in wild village yeah. which is one of my, my favorite episodes visually the whole <laughs> as a whole i'm very much looking forward to this season coming out because it's uh it, i loved the first season i thought it was just wonderful wonderful yeah You've also dealing with the baby as well, Sunny. Yeah, Sunny, um, yeah. Because quite often when you're dealing with small children, they use twins, uh, particularly with babies. Or uh, Yeah. But you're actually, it's it's one cast member, isn't it? One toddler this year, yeah. And uh, it's very tricky. And they went with Presley because she has this amazing expressive face. And even as a baby, you know, there's obviously they do some CG work with her face. Yeah, yeah. But and her hands and there's a there's a, a jelly baby we call it the jelly baby it's a creepy <laughs> creepy looking life-size baby of her that you know when the kids have to carry her yeah. around a lot um they will use the jelly baby which unfortunately is heavier than <laughs> presley herself um these poor kids but um the thought was i mean was always a consideration i believe for barry and netflix uh like what do we do with these kids because in the books they don't age and obviously our kids are going to age which is also why we shot it all together, trying to get, you know, maximum benefit of the youthfulness yeah. of these kids. Yeah. Of course, the, the other kids are, are now teenagers as well. So we're we're dealing with a lot of cha- physical changes and height changes. And, you know, they just decided they had to go with it because these kids are the Baudelaire's. And yeah. there's nothing worse, I think, than watching successive seasons of television series, especially, well, maybe especially, where they switch the kids out. Yeah. And yeah. it's just too jarring it's like you get invested in these faces and these voices and these so 
anyways, they decided to stay with all of the kids. And yes, dealing with a now two-year-old that has no twin. So yeah. we're dealing with, we go through a lot of photo doubles. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've, uh, we've landed on one this season who has been miraculous, who happens to be a boy. Right. Um, but Colby is um, a great little kid and he's um, physically a good match for Presley. And um, we do, we have a full-time second unit on this show as well. We just have so much material to cover. So, yeah. uh, and there's a lot of close-ups, you know, a lot of hand inserts of people picking up spy glasses and picking right, up sugar yeah, yeah. bowls and, uh, foot feet in ash and you just we have a lot of close-ups to deal with so the kids especially our hero kids and the photo double kids work a lot on second unit as well as main unit so it's very busy for them and our little guy's just been um, a godsend because he's game for anything and there's a <laughs> there's a lot to go through in these in season two there's a lot of tricky costumes for the i still call her the baby i shouldn't but yeah but, she's just yeah. the cutest little kid ever and just kind of really fun to Presley. Um, <laughs> so she's the little one. And the same with the older kids, you know, they're growing. So we're trying to keep them youthful. There's only so much you can do. <laughs> I've seen some comments and I'm like, yeah, well, that's, uh, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. um, and keeping up with their photo doubles as well. It's a big deal because, you know, as Melina and, and Louie are changing, we've got to change their photo doubles. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot of work. As I say, I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm very, very much looking forward to uh, to seeing more of it when it comes back. And, and the fact that you're having to shoot them all together because they've is it four seasons they've said they're doing in total three so we're actually three in total yeah we're now um shooting the second to last book so we're almost done yeah Yeah, we'll be done in may which is crazy yeah i think we'll all go on a really long vacation when it's done it's pretty um it's pretty all in this show as i was saying so they all are but I don't know. There's something about this that's, uh, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's just very busy. Yeah. There's something quite magical. I think about just the, the kind of otherworldliness of the way it's put together. And I, you know, I I, I think it's, it's such a stunning looking show and just so different to anything else that's out there. So, I mean, yeah. And, and I'm rather glad that they're not moving a lot, you know, past the books because I'm sure there is a temptation with some shows to do that and you know, yeah. go wildly in a different direction and stuff. But it's quite nice that they seem to be sticking reasonably close to things, which is good. Yeah. I mean, there's, I have heard rumors, but they're only rumors. And um, as far as I know anyway, and uh, I don't know where to go after the last book, the end. I mean, I mean, <laughs> maybe flashbacks. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's nice to have, like as you say, uh, the books, the beginning and the end, and just uh, it's a nice sort of capsule collection, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Um, so give you two final questions that yes. I think we probably asked you last time, but we'll do it again anyway. Okay. Um, the two questions you always ask is, uh, firstly, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? Same as I was watching last time. I'm, I'm actually watching Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> and I'm late on it. So... <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, uh, I think I started with season three and I'm at season seven. Right. So that's what I'm watching. Um, what else am I watching right now? Not a whole lot because I'm just working 24 yeah. seven, but, uh, there was something else I've been watching. Oh, no, I'm not even going to say that. 
that's like a guilty pleasure. I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh God, you have to tell me now. <laughs> the other one I was watching, um, and which I watch every time I'm in the States, which is on Netflix, I guess, uh, is Versailles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't get it in Canada. Oh, can't not, you? Or, or you can get season one maybe now. I think maybe it's on season one, unless I watch it somewhere else, but I just don't watch stuff anywhere else. <laughs> but, you know, maybe that's what I should be doing, Dave. Because yeah. I'm... <laughs> it's all I ever watch is period stuff. Yeah, Although, maybe, maybe that's Game, it. Yeah, Game of Thrones may be a maybe a good influence for what I'm hoping to get. So, you know, maybe that's coming my way. But well, yeah. they they are writing like five potential prequels to Game of Thrones. <laughs> so you know, I bet. Yeah. So there there is that. You would probably have to move to Ireland though as well. <laughs> happy to do that i'm so game for a little location action (laughs) yeah that's that's the only way for me to get a holiday (laughs) (laughs) well yeah there is that yeah the work abroad (laughs) yeah i mean you might have slightly covered this already but the last question is always if you had the opportunity to work on any show past present or future which show would it be yeah okay okay i would work on game of thrones no no problem (laughs) no hesitation there although I, I hear it's a pretty brutal shoot as well and the locations are tough but you know if, like you said if i could come in at a prequel yeah yeah <laughs> maybe in one of the warmer cities <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so you know get your yeah. get your uh, yeah make, make sure that you're not on the westeros up in the north <laughs> side <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly that would be amazing or something period um i don't know Anything to do with the tutors, I have to say. Oh, yeah, that would be good. Yeah, I would work on something for that, dealing with the tutors. It's always, well, I don't want to say easier, but historically, maybe. Yeah, Not because it's easy at all. It's never easy. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, it's been lovely catching up with you because it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's uh, it's great. I know. I'm so looking forward to this new season and the third season as well. So we're all heading off to New York for the premiere on Thursday. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah. So which will be great. And then uh, and then yeah, and then it hits. Have fun at the premiere. So nice to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. Talk to you again soon. Cheers. Okay. You bet. Bye bye. Bye. So that was the interview with Cynthia. I hope you really enjoyed that. If you want to catch the first two seasons of unfortunate events they are both available now on netflix you can go and catch them straight away as i said earlier i've started watching the second season it's as good if not better than the first so far so where i urge you to go and watch it if you've not watched them yet it's a brilliant brilliant show now we move on to some highlights for next week on tv highlights for next week um there's a lot starting next week there's a lot starting as i say the whole month of april it's <laughs> frankly ridiculous i'm glad i'm on two weeks holiday <laughs> yeah you kind of need it to catch up with things um so uh, wolf creek is back for its second season that's on 3rd of april at 10 p.m we, we had a surprising number of people ask about that it's an australian show i believe uh but it's um coming to fox uk 3rd of april at 10 p.m uh it's about a an american tourist that is targeted by a crazed serial killer i think it was a it started out as a movie and then they kind of made some tv series about it but uh, interesting sounding show but it's not one i've seen the crossing which is one of the new pickups from amazon this looked really good basically a story of a group of refugees who turn up in an american fishing town claiming to be fleeing from a war-torn country the only thing is that the country is america and the war hasn't happened yet so Ooh. <laughs> uh, it, it's a really interesting 
interesting premise for, you know, and a great place for a sort of refugee allegory, I guess. So, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to this. It was one of the ones that when they first piloted it, we kind of put it on the list of shows that I thought might be interesting to watch out for. But that's called The Crossing. It starts on the 3rd of April on Amazon Prime, if you want to go and look that up. Star is back for its second season on Five Star. That's on the 4th of April at 10pm. And then Timeless, the wonderful, wonderful Timeless, is back for a second season. That's on E4 on the 4th of April at 9pm. I adored the first season of this. It was such fun. It was such a wonderful show. I was so happy when they reversed their decision to cancel it and brought it back. I mean, I don't know whether it's going to make it to a third season because the numbers... Uh, Yeah. The the numbers haven't been great uh, as it opened up in the US, but at least they've got a second season and they know there is potential that they might not make it to a third. So hopefully they can tie things off this time around if they need to. I really like that series. Timeless is such good fun. Uh, 4th of April on E4 and 9pm for that. The Americans season six, that's the final season of The Americans. That's coming to ITV4. This has been bounced around the ITV network because it was on Encore, I think, before. And it's now kind of on ITV4. That's on uh, 4th of April at 10pm. I, I sort of dropped out of this when it moved off whatever channel it was on originally. I think it was on ITV originally. And I I kind of lost it somewhere along the way. And I need to go back and catch up with it because it is a great series. If you've not caught it, it's definitely one worth watching. And very topical at the moment with the uh, Russians invading America. (laughs) Deep State, this is uh, another good-looking show. If you watch Fox any time in the last sort of month, you can't fail to have seen an advert for this at some point because they're pushing it very heavily. Uh, 5th of April at 9pm for this. Stars Mark Strong and uh, Game of Thrones' Joe Dempsey. It's an espionage drama. I don't really want to say any more about it than that, but it looks like it could be quite interesting. And Mark Strom is usually brilliant in everything. So, yeah, looking uh, forward to that. Looking so, forward to that a lot. Yeah, looks like it could be really good, that. Uh, Silicon Valley, bathroom for a fifth season on uh, Sky Atlantic. That's on the 5th of April at 10.15. No TJ Miller, though. No TJ Miller, no. uh, Him having left the series to go and be in Deadpool and do various other things. That is going to be back, though. And it's uh, it's interesting. The reports say you don't seem to miss him too much, as from uh, the episodes that have gone out in the US, because we're not that far behind in the US. Yeah, looks good. Looks good. Madam Secretary, back for the third part of season four that's on Sky Living on the 5th of April at 9pm. There is uh, The City and The City coming to BBC Two on the 6th of April at 9pm. This is uh, stars David Morrissey. It's an adaptation of a China Mediville novel I'm guessing that's how you pronounce that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> never heard of it. Yeah, neither have I but uh, it seems it's one of those sort of BBC adaptation things where they pick up the novel and go this will make a good show. So um, so I, I don't know. No idea what it will be like but uh, that's coming to uh, BBC2 on the 6th of April at 9pm The City in the City it's called that one. Uh, it's a bit of a crime drama I'm reading a little uh, um, synopsis of. Yeah they usually are uh, these sort of things when they do their sort yeah. of adaptations so we'll see. There's The Heart Doctor or which is otherwise known as Doctor Doctor this is an Australian drama about a charming heart surgeon that's coming to drama at 8pm on the 8th of April that one. Then Plebs the sitcom that's back for its fourth season 
season on the 9th of April at 10pm. I keep on meaning to watch some episodes of this because it's been around for a while and I sort of feel like it might be something I like, but I don't know. It seems like a bit like in between us, but set in Rome as far as I can tell. I remember it was pitched like that. I never, I never really got into it. I remember trying to watch like the first episode and I didn't, I didn't find the, the jokes that funny. So okay. I wasn't someone to stick into it. So yeah, maybe, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and then we've got two shows coming back on these or starting on the 10th of April at 9 p.m. Uh, the Resident comes to Universal Channel. This stars Matt Krasinski, who is from The Good Wife and Gilmore Girls. He is a tough and brilliant senior surgeon who takes a new doctor under his wing. That's The Resident. So that's season one of that coming 10th of April at 9 p.m. And finally, Gotham, season four, finally, after many, many, many months of waiting. E4 have now got the license for Gotham, which is really where it should have been or, or right from the beginning. That's coming on the 10th of April at 9pm as well, which uh, is where we see Bruce starting to accept and sort of turn into the Batman that we all know and love, apparently, this yeah. season. So uh, if you want to catch the third season, which never aired on UK TV, it's on Netflix and on disc. That's the only place you can get it, apparently. If you need to catch up, you'll have to kind of go and get a month Netflix subscription and then turn it off again <laughs> and binge your way <laughs> through it. But uh, yeah, season four, E4, 10th of April at 9pm. And that's everything for this week. So if you want more information on all the shows coming up, and as we say, there is a lot of shows coming up. There's a lot of changes. You go and find all that at geektown.co.uk throughout the week to see all the latest air date info. Oh, if you want to get Grey, your Twitter account is... At Grey the Geek. Yes, Grey the Geek. Grey is uh, with an A, not an E as well. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us with your questions and comments, you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.